Welcome, my fellow humans, to another episode of the Healthy Happy Human Podcast, the show where I teach you how to live healthy, be happy, and lead an all-around full and fulfilled life. With new episodes each and every week, I bring you industry-leading experts, thought leaders, and all-around brilliant minds on topics ranging from mindset to nutrition to habit building to fitness and more. My goal is to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in life. I'm happy to have you here. Now let's dive in. All right, team, uh, super excited about this one. Got a real treat for you in terms of this interview. Uh, but first, don't mind me with the new intro music. I just got a new computer and I'm playing around with GarageBand and I think that I'm cool with doing funky beats and stuff. So uh, if you hated it, don't worry. Just yell at me in the comments and maybe I'll change it because I have no clue what I'm doing. I am not a music producer. But today's episode with Susan Niebergall. Susan is an amazing personal trainer, online strength coach, and now published writer as today. Her book has come out called Fit at Any Age. Susan has a rather unique story in that she didn't even find fitness and strength training until she was well into her 50s and starting her second career. And now she is a successful trainer, coach, nutrition coach. Uh, we get into fitness, we get into nutrition, we get into mindset, we get into all the things that I'm super passionate about. And Susan is super passionate about bringing not just to the average fitness age person, like a teen, 20, maybe 30 year old, but to all people of all ages, of all shapes and all sizes. And you know, that's what I'm all about. So you know that I jammed out on this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Just one more thing. One, like I said, go check out Susan's book because if you like what she has to say here, you're going to like what she says in the book. And also, just on a note of what's going on with me, my mindset shift, flip your motivation switch six-week course is officially coming to an end in two weeks. And because of the amazing response that I've got from the people who are participating in it and the awesome success stories that they're giving me, I definitely want to run this again. So I am going to be opening this up again to start a second iteration of this course in another few weeks if you want to get on the waiting list because I only open it up to 10 people at a time. If you want to be one of those 10 people, if you want to get on the waiting list, head on over to Instagram, slide into my DMs or make sure you're on my mailing list. The link is in the show notes. And without further ado, I bring you my interview with Susan Niebergall. All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the Healthy, Happy Human podcast. I am here with Susan Niebergall. Susan is an awesome uh, person that I've met on Instagram because I've followed her for years, and she is one of the people who I love to follow because she's always putting out good, real, actionable content, and she speaks the truth about fitness, about diet, about nutrition, and you know, it's just one of those people who, as soon as I found her account, which was years ago, I was just like, oh, this is the stuff that needs to be out there. This is the stuff that people need to be seeing more of. Um, so I took the first opportunity I could to reach out to Susan and get her here on the podcast. So Susan, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you for that, first of all. And thank you so much for having me here. This is great to be here, to see you, to be able to talk to you. This is what's so cool about the internet right now, right? Is that we get to do this. <laughs> I, I love it because as a fitness person, I don't know, I, don't, I guess fit pro, I don't know what you would call it, but I, I do make my living uh, working in the fitness and nutrition mm -hmm. industry. And for all that people love about fitness these days, fitness is very popular. I don't have a lot of people to talk about the stuff that I want to talk about. So through the internet, through Instagram, for all of its all of its downfalls that the internet has, I have met uh, amazing people like you and grown a community of, of people who are interested in, in learning and growing and becoming better. And I think that is one of the many benefits of the internet. And you know, what's interesting about that is that um, people that I've met in person after connecting online, and it would be the same, I'm sure with you, if when I say when, because I'm, I'm vowing to meet everybody at some point. Um, and I'm in New York all the time, so we need to talk about that at some point. Um, but it, it, when we see each other, it's like 
it's weirdly normal. Like we've never seen each other, but it's like we just pick up where we left off, you know, because the online has brought us all into this community. I think, you know, we kind of help each other and we kind of connect. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a cool place to be. Yeah, for sure. It, it really is. You know what I look, it's kind of like, because we, everyone has kind of ha has this presence with each other. That it's like, the ice has already been broken. So like yes. that, that initial, like, oh, like I, I know who you are. I know who you, what's your name? What's your name? Like you, you're the awkward phase of, of meeting someone yeah. who's gone. So you're just like, it's like, oh yeah, I know you. I, I, I saw what you ate for lunch the other day. Like that's like, what I get. <laughs> that's it. You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. The awkward pleasantries are over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and listen, I, again, I'm like, that's why I'm, I, I am kind of, I'm not, not conflicted because, but it's just like, there is a lot of bad stuff on the internet. And yeah, again, why, my point of why I, I always make a point whenever I talk to a fitness person like yourself about, about being so forward about thanking you for taking the time. Cause I know how hard it is to make good content and to fight the good fight. I like to say of, of, putting out the real info because it's so easy. It would be so much easier to sell tummy tees or plastic mm -hmm. or, or saran wrap that, that is branded and you sell for $600 a roll because it's made to blast your belly or I don't know, whatever, yep. but you don't take the easy route and you do the thing that is actually going to help the most people. And you know, it's interesting because I, I took a lot of those routes way <laughs> back in the day. I didn't take, I didn't take any wraps. I don't think, but I did do, um, these, and this was like a long before you were born, way before you were born, like 30 years ago, whatever. Um, these little chocolate squares that were supposed to be appetite suppressants, right? So you would eat less. Um, and all they were were chocolate squares. <laughs> that was it. So if anybody out there listening is like maybe in the 40s or up in age, you probably remember what I'm talking about. And individually wrapped chocolate squares that were supposed to, you know, suppress your appetite so you didn't eat more, they didn't work. You know, so I've done those things, all those things. Yeah. That's so funny you say that because I had the exact same experience. And I always love talking about stuff like this because I feel like people will look at someone like you or I and be like, oh, well, like, you know, like you, like, it must be easy for you because, oh. like, you, you know, but it's like, I went through the same. I used to be the guy when I was like 17, 18, I used to be spending four or $500 a month in GNC. Like I would walk in and the guy, his eyes would turn into the little dollar signs. Yeah. He, he saw was, you coming. You know, like, he was like, oh, he's like, you need pre-workout, post-workout, <laughs> intro-workout, <laughs> men's multivitamin, the, the nighttime, I'm like taking gas gainer. It's like six scoops. I'm like, $400 a month. I was in high school. I don't even know where, where I had this money from. I'm like, I, I don't know, like ask my parents for money. I don't even know how, where it came from, but it's like, and so I did all the things. Yeah. I used to wear one of those sauna suits. So like the, the like the, that basically looks like a scuba diving, you know, like, so I could sweat more and I would, mm -hmm. I would, I would do an hour of cardio in the sauna suit and then go lift after thinking like now it, this has to do. So like, I've been through, I've done all of the dumb things. I've, I'm surprised I'm you not know, that reminds me, and this wasn't that long ago. There was a company, I, don't, I think they're still in existence, but they've shifted away from this, but they, they would sell for women like leggings or shorts out of this material, this awful heavy material that makes you basically sweat, right? Mm -hmm. um, and claim all kinds of claims with that. You know, you're going to lose more inches and da, 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 da. You know, of course, okay, you sweat, big deal. You know, I mean, you lose some water, your water's coming back. But they, obviously they package that differently. I had a pair of those shorts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm not a sweater, but I, I did sweat when I wore those and I thought, oh, yeah. this is great. <laughs> Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like, I mean, not now, obviously looking back, I'm like, well, like doy, but it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you know, yeah. I, like, I can see how, and this is the thing about all of that stuff. It's like, if you don't know, it, it's, I can see how you fall for these things because I fell for it. It's like, oh yeah, well, like if I go to the gym to sweat and this thing makes me sweat more then ergo, this thing must be good for me. You know, mm -hmm. if, if, if I'm trying to eat less and a little chocolate bar makes me eat less, then ergo, that chocolate bar will make me lose weight. But it all yeah. is just kind of these deceiving marketing tactics, you know, and it's I, like. That's it, all it is. And, yeah. and yeah, and it sounds enticing. It sounds too good to be true. And of course it is. Um, and it's a lesson, I guess, we all learn in our own way, right? Um, and, and I think what you and I are trying to do out there in the internet world right now is to kind of um, help people 
to not fall into those traps that maybe you and I both fell into, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot of us in, in our community that are trying to do that, which is yeah. great, mm -hmm. you know, and just, and, and we're touting the, the, the non-sexy thing that works, mm -hmm. you know, consistency, hard work, all those kinds of things that are basically, you know, I, I kind of frame it like this. There is a guarantee that will work a hundred percent of the time. And that's consistency, mm -hmm. you know, um, being consistent. Yes, it will work guaranteed, but it doesn't sound flashy. It doesn't sell anything. Mm -hmm. It just sounds, you know, almost impossible to some people, but it works, you know, and um, that's been proven time and time and time and time and time and time again, you know. Yeah. It's like you just said, it works and it not only does it work, it works 100% of the time. Without you know? fail. Yeah, without yeah. fail. And that, that really is it, but it's such a hard thing for people to do because, I think we want that, like we so badly want that quick solution. And it's not even that it's not sexy. It's just that like, it's like in our, in our subconsciously, we err towards the extremes, right? It's mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, I want it. You know, I can tell someone like do uh, progressive overload and, you know, five pounds more on the bar every two weeks and this, this and that. And they're like, or someone else is saying, no, just do a thousand burpees today and like a thousand and one tomorrow. And like, you'll sweat so much or whatever. And it's like, even though it, it doesn't sound right, you're like, you know, like the other thing makes more sense. They're like, but the extreme, like if it does work, it's like playing the lottery. It's like, it's like, I know that I probably won't win, but if it does, like, that would be so yeah. cool. But then it's like, people get caught in that. So it's like, how do you feel about like, I don't know, the, the fitness industry and the, the, the way they, they use that to their advantage, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I totally, I, I totally, they try to sell people a bill of goods, you know, that, that doesn't work. Um, because honestly, if you try to sell something and say, hey, you know, I've got this great thing that's going to work for you. It's called consistency and hard work <laughs> over a long period of time. Hop on board. You know, that kind of doesn't sound as great as lose 20 pounds in three, you, you know, I mean, it, it's, um, it's a tough battle to fight because I think we've all been there. And, and now, especially now, I think, because you all grew up with all this technology and instant gratification mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You know, I think that's kind of where we are now. I didn't grow up with all of that yet as I entered into this world. Yeah, I can see everybody has answers to everything at their fingertips, right? In a matter of seconds. So why not? want fat loss to come off in a matter of days, mm -hmm. you know, instead of putting in work, finding the easy way out. Wouldn't that be great? You know, if there was a pill we could take and then we don't worry about it, you know, but the reality is it's not there. We do have to put in the work and we do have to do it consistently. And we do have to be, and here's the other piece of that. We have to be honest with ourselves with what we're doing because there's so much of that that doesn't happen. Um, and I was queen of that. <laughs> so I say that from a place of, I was that person who thought and would, would have fought anybody tooth and nail that I was doing everything right, you know? And um, um, I certainly wasn't <laughs> at all. And, you know, I, I think the honesty piece has to be put in there because I don't think we're honest with ourselves because it's easier to blame something else for not succeeding than it is to blame ourselves for not doing what we needed to do. You know, it's so much easier to blame, ah, it's my metabolism. That's why this isn't working for me, you know, instead of, well, no, it's that you haven't been in a calorie deficit for more than a day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why it's not working for you kind of thing. You know, I think that's part of the puzzle. Yeah, I love that so much. I, the reason I just stood up, you guys are just listening. You can't see on video, but I just stood up um, and went over because I, I literally started this book yesterday and I just read a few chapters, but I, I made this bend in the page and I was like, as I'm falling asleep, I didn't remember why I bent it in the page. And I looked at it just before we got on this call and you said that. And the, the, the reason I, that what I highlighted was it says the simple rules of this game are honesty with ourselves about where we're at and learning to listen, to hear how it is. Right? And like that's oh, exactly I love that. It, right. It's like, but like, that is it. If you can be honest with yourself, you will defeat anything because that is why like people are like, oh, well, like I tried so hard and I didn't get the result. And it's like, well, like, did you really try that hard? Did you mm -hmm. really give it enough time? Like if you're honest with yourself, is that is like, did you try your hardest? Or did you try mm -hmm. hard? Right. Like, like that, like, I think people conflate these things about like, it's difficult and it's too hard. Like it has yes. to be difficult. If you, you don't get changed without it being difficult, but is it too hard? Like I, my, when I was a personal trainer in, in person in the gym, like people would always say that to me, like I have my clients doing something like this is too hard. 
I'm like, but you did it though. Like you, like you, like, like you lifted the weight. Like I'll be like, do 12 reps and they get to eight reps and they're like, this is too hard. I'm like, you just did it eight times. You lifted the thing. Eight, eight, so it can't be too hard. It's mm-hmm. hard, you know, but yeah. that is where, uh, I think that change comes from. It's like, you can't, you, you can't have it without that. So I'm wondering like, how do you think about like the mindset piece factors into the, the physical piece with all of this stuff? Well, the mindset drives it all, right? And I think that is the hardest part to change. That is the part that needs the, the work the most. And it's not, I think people want it to be a light switch where you walk into a room and you flip a switch and boom, you're in the right mindset, you know? And it just doesn't work that way. Um, and, you know, if you use me as an example, I was that person who thought I was doing everything right for years and years, blame my metabolism, blame menopause, blah, 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 until I've finally went to a doctor and said, you know what? I want to have my blood checked. I'm sure I have a metabolism issue. I was ready to get the medication. I knew that's what it was. It made all the sense in the world to me back then. It's like, ah, this is why I get it now. I get it. And um, my blood work came back fine. And she goes, Susan, you're fine. Your metabolism is fine. And I had to let that sink in because that was my last kind of grasp at blaming something else. And so that's when I had to start being honest, yeah. you know, and that, that was the turning point. And it didn't, it wasn't like all of a sudden everything changed, but it started to change that at that point. It started, I still fought the battle a little bit, but um, once I was honest with myself, yeah, change started to happen. And yeah. I think that's, that's a biggie. And it's a little bit of a tough love thing. It doesn't always sound, it's not fun to hear mm-hmm. if you're that person. It just isn't. And a lot of times when I talk with people, I, I can feel their heels dug in. Like I can feel them so in, just entrenched in their position and they, they're not open to hearing anything. And that is tough. You know, um, I was that person too. So I, I understand that, but it's so funny because I can literally feel it from the computer or the phone, their tension, right. and they, they're not, they can't hear anything else because they're so frustrated because yeah. they've, they feel like they've tried everything, but, but they really haven't. And mm-hmm. they haven't been honest with their efforts mm-hmm. and they haven't been honest with how long they've been doing it. And, um, once they are, I mean, it goes back to what you and I were just saying about honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Once you can be honest and look inside yourself at ways that you can improve, not beat yourself up for what you didn't do well, but let's look at what you can improve because it's not too late to improve it. It's not too late to change. And that's a big message that needs to be out there, especially when, if you're as old as I am. I mean, you don't have to think, okay, it's over. You know, I'm 60 years old for crying out loud. If I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I'm not an athlete for God's sakes. I'm about as klutzy as they come. You know, I just work hard yes. and that, you know, does it take work? Sure. Of course it does, but it's not impossible. You know, it's not like this big mountain that you'll never climb. Anybody can climb it. You just yeah. got to decide to climb it. I love that. I love that. There's a lot of the, a lot of things that you just said that are that are super awesome, um, and we're going to kind of go and unpack all of that stuff because there's so much good stuff that that you said in there. Um, but the first thing I want to I, I want to point out is that you said that like anyone can do this, they just have to do it. And I I, I say the same thing all the time, and it's like I don't want to like it's 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 like I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm saying that like you have to do the hard stuff and it is hard, but anyone can do it. You know, and like that's the thing is like people think that this is only for someone, some type of person or something mm-hmm. like that. So like what would you say to people who are just like again like someone who's and I I've, I've trained people much younger than you, much younger than me who think that like oh well it's too late for me now. It's like I, like once you're out of high school people think that it's all it's all downhill. <laughs> You know, and it's like, what do you say to that? And then also, what do you say to the people who, who don't care about it, who think that it's like, okay, like, why would I get in shape at this age? You know, you know, it's interesting because I, I'm a great living, breathing example of someone who changed everything in their, her mid fifties. You know, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm that example. And that's kind of been my whole mantra and my message is to kind of blaze this trail for people. Cause I don't have a lot of colleagues that are 60 years old, to be honest. Most of, most of my colleagues are your age, you know, and younger and, and, and um, there's a big age gap there. And, and I feel like I represent a lot of people and, and I tell people this, I, you know, I get asked all the time or are told you must have great genetics, you know, that all these things. And, you know, here's the thing. I have heart disease running rampant on one side of my family and I'm, I have to fight that. 
You know, I, I could sit back and not do anything and let heart disease take over. But I'm aware of that every single day of my life because I saw what my dad went through and his brothers and, and things like that. So yeah, no, that's not going to happen to me because I, I vowed that that's not going to happen to me. But I have to work for that. I don't sit around and just pray that I don't get heart disease, you know? Um, and, and I think that's super important too. But for everybody that, that thinks, you know, why shouldn't I, why should I do all this? It's because if you want to age and feel good and be able to move and be able to play with grandkids mm -hmm. or whatever, then yeah, that's why you should do it. If you want to stop losing muscle mass, that's why you should do it. If you want to increase your bone density, that's why you should do it. I mean, there's so many reasons to start lifting and to start moving if you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a million reasons. You're going to age so much easier. It's going. I just watched how both my parents have passed away and watched how they aged and watched what they could not do at the age of, you know, in their 80s. You know, they could barely stand up. They could barely move. They didn't have the strength to turn doorknobs. And I'm like, no way is that ever going to be me. You know, I'm just not going to let that happen with what I have control over, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's why people should do it. And, and the fact that people, so many people think it's too late because they're, they're blaming something else for their lack of success. Mm -hmm. They're blaming, you know, menopause. That's a biggie. People blame menopause all the time. And I did. Um, but once you find out that you are actually in control of this whole journey of yours, you know, that you call the shots, um, the empowerment from that is outrageous. And man, you know, they, it'll change your life. <laughs> 100%. And again, just from that little rant, I could go on a, a thousand different tangents because I yeah. love all of that. And exactly what you said, there are too many benefits to name. And like, that's the thing. Um, but for me, it, it is quality of life. And I want to speak to anyone listening because what, what you just said is not just directed at 50 or 60 or 40 year olds. Because again, I have guys who come in there like, well, they're 30. They're like, well, I'm good enough now when I'm 40 and things start to go downhill, then I'll start. It's like, no, like we need to, like, we, we have to be t thinking about this stuff. It's, it's just like you said about, you know, about grandkids, about for me, it's my nephew. Mm -hmm. There, There's so many, I, I, I've gone as far as to say, and I don't like to be the aggressive coach, but I, I do really feel this way. It's like, if you are choosing not to prioritize your fitness, you're being selfish because mm -hmm. what that means is you're choosing your own comfort because, because getting fit, finding fitness is, is uncomfortable. It means, it means exercising. It means saying no to Netflix. It means cooking when you could have ordered out. So all of these things are uncomfortable. And if only you're thinking about yourself, you might say, well, I don't care about having big biceps or abs. So why would I do that? But if you open up that and realize that you have an effect on every person in your family, on every one of your coworkers, on every one of your subordinates, on every person that you interact with, it then becomes your responsibility, I feel like, to do more and to, to, to better yourself. Absolutely, 100%. And you don't have to get biceps or abs either. You know, I, I've heard that too. And that's not what strength training is about, really. Strength training is about you maintaining and building muscle so you can live a functional life. That's what that's about. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, because Mother Nature starts taking away your muscle mass starting at age 30-ish, you know, um, over decades. And, and the, the good news about that is you can prevent that. So if you're in your 30s, hop on the train now. Um, or even if you're in, in the 20s, you know, hop on that train because you will kind of neutralize that if you hop on the train early enough. But even if you didn't hop on that train, it's not too late to reverse it. That's the cool thing, mm -hmm. right? It's not like, oh, well, I've, I'm screwed. I've just waited too late. No. No, you can actually reverse it and build muscle regardless of how old you are. And that should be your goal. Um, and that, not to get biceps and flex, who cares about that? It's your functional life. That's the most important part, really. Yes, that, that is so important. And anyone who's listened to this podcast, if you've, you've listened to all my other episodes, you know that I, I make the same points over and over, but that's because I don't think that they can be overstated. And that is literally my entire goal with this podcast is explaining exactly what you just said. It's, I think that, I th well, I think the biggest, I think one of the biggest disservices that, that the fitness industry has done, and this is obviously marketing, but it was connect fitness to aesthetics and a certain mm -hmm. look and, and, and abs and make, and make like, who, like someone made abs and biceps and now big butts for girls and rear delts and stuff sexy, right? Like, like that is like, that's a marketing thing, you know? So it's like the fact that we relate those things, it's like, well, I don't care about those things. So I don't care about fitness, but right. I think that what I'm trying to do and what I see you do as well, 
and, and all the other people who who you know you're kind of like are doing this on the internet is finding explaining that fitness is about so much more and that like looks are like I mean, if anything, that's like, that's not even the icing on the cake. That's like the, the sprinkles or something. Like I could do without sprinkles, but I'll take them if you, if you, if you throw them in, you know, like, it's like, it's not even like, it doesn't even make the cake that much better. There's so many good things about it that it's like, that's what I'm trying to get people to do. But that is such a hard thing for people to grasp when they are so far away from that. I feel like, cause people will look mm-hmm. at me or you and say, well, it's easy for you to say like, you're Su- Susan, you're 60 years old and you can do pull-ups. Like, like I can't even get up and down off the couch without you know, without hurting my knees. So it's like, it's so easy for you to say that you don't care about how you look when you look good, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I, and I get that. Um, and I do care how I look. I mean, I, I will be honest about that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but my goal in life is not to have biceps, you know, or whatever. My goal in life is to keep getting stronger. And, and, and what I find with that, and, and this is super important and it's hard to say it verbally and give it the amount of justice it deserves. But when you start getting strong, the confidence and everything that happens from that will bleed over into every aspect of your life. It will be life-changing from not just a strength perspective, but everything. And I think that alone is a reason to do it. And, and I tell people, you don't have to love it. Cause I know there are some people that just don't like to exercise. I, I hear them, you know, you don't have to go and barbell lift at the gym. If you don't want to, that's not what this is about. This is about you lifting something, even in your house, lift your laundry jug, do something that makes your muscles have to work, do that consistently. And if you don't like it, okay, cool. Don't ever feel like I'm never going to love this because you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Do it a little bit. And then other days, find something that you love, that you look forward to, whether that's Zumba, Orange Theory, walking, I don't care, whatever it is, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but get some strength in there. Whether you like it or don't like it, get a little bit in there because that also will keep you going for the rest of your life, you know, and you're going to see benefits from that that you may not even realize. Yes, exactly. Like you said, and that's the secret of consistency. Like you said, finding if if you're always trying to force something down your throat that you hate, of course, you're not going to be consistent. So you have to find those things that are bearable. And I always preface this by saying like, I don't think, you know, people could have asked me that, you know, I remember always like, when am I going to start liking this? I'm like, I don't know, maybe never, yeah. but mean you don't have to do it. You know, like mm-hmm. I would say like, th- this is called working out. It's not hanging out. It's not chilling <laughs> out. Like it is work. Right. So like, even at That's the good. end of the day, yeah. like you might love your job. I love yeah. my job, but there's still days where my alarm goes off and I'm just like, I just want to just turn it off yeah. and say, screw everyone and quit because there's just some days like that. So no matter how much you love it, like even people who love everything about exercise, there are days where you're just going to want to drag ass and like where the weight is just someone turned up the gravity in the gym and everything is just heavier and every lift doesn't go or you're running in your knees and your ankles hurt. So I think that that's a big mental shift that people need to make is understanding that you might enjoy it sometimes, but you can't expect to always enjoy it. But I think mm-hmm. that exact, it comes back to what you said, which is doing the thing, the hard things sometimes of like the, the thing that you don't want to do, but also finding balance by doing uh the thing that you do like so yeah do you feel like there's like a right or wrong way to do this stuff um you know i think you were hitting on something that i think is really important and that is you know consistency and and we can even use the m word motivation (laughs) um Oh, we can sit back and i don't i'm just just not motivated Hmm. well hello (laughs) <laughs> no one is always motivated. And I think it's, it's really important to understand that you don't sit back and wait for that. You create it by doing things that you don't want to do. And maybe that's, you don't want to lift weights today. Okay. Well, make yourself do it. Push through the wall of friction that's in front of you. Force yourself to do it because that first time is going to be tough, but you're going to feel better after, you know? And, and sometimes I tell people this, focus on the feeling that you're going to have after you do it. Not the feeling of, oh, I got to go do this. You know, think about the after because no one's ever regretted doing it ever in the history of ever, right? Um, you will feel better. And that second time will be easier. And all of that gets you into that consistency loop. And even with something that you may never, ever really love, you know, but you know, 
in your heart that this is something good for you to do for your health and for you to age well and all of that. That will help push you through that. Like, and like you said, you don't ever have to love it. I mean, a lot of people don't, you know, and, but you might, you might kind of sort of start it, you know, God, that'd be amazing, right? If you kind of sort of start to like that. And then that might lead to something else. And the confidence that you get from all of this, you might want to start a business when you're in the, in your fifties. Hello, that was me. You know, I would never have done that. I mean, I retired from the school system five years ago. I thought that was it. You know, I was just going to sit around drinking coffee, watching TV. And no, I started a business and you think I would have started, I would have had the nerve to even the forethought to even try that. No way. There's just no way. Well, I'm glad that you did because that's what <laughs> us together here. Um, and again, so many good things that you just said. One is exactly that. I love, I make this point all the time that fitness is a metaphor for life. Exactly. that. Yeah. Can you do a challenging thing? Can you say, wow, like I, I don't feel like I can do this, but I can try and then I fail and then I try and then I fail and then I try and I succeed. And that's fitness and that's business and that's relationships and that's diet and that's everything in life that's worth having mm -hmm. is the same thing. Can I go to push through that wall of friction, like you just said, in order for the value that is on the other side of it with the understanding that it's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, I, right before we hopped on here, I was uh, working out down here. Um, I was going to go to the gym, but I was busy most of the day. I didn't have time. So I just worked out here and I, I'm looking at my program and I'm thinking, oh, I have um, this alternate grip chin up thing I got to do. And I'm like, it's cold and rainy I'm outside right now. My chin up bar is outside. And I'm like, you know what? It would have been easy to say, screw it. I'm just not going to do it. No, I went out there and I did my three sets mm -hmm. that I was supposed to do. Um, did I want to? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, the bar's wet. I'm, it, I'm holding it and it's, I'm getting water on me. No. And it was cold and it was gross, but I pushed through all the friction to do it. You know, and I say that just because we all feel this way sometimes, you know, and it's, it's how we handle those situations that really propel us forward yeah. and, and keep moving. I love that because it's so important people understand what you just said about those, that set of pull-ups, like understand that it's not the set of pull-ups that mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like those uh, three, three sets of 10 pull-ups are not going to change anything about your life. Like in the grand scheme of things in the, in the, in this workout, like you could have skipped those and your results will not have been any worse. Correct. And they're not going to be any better because you did it. But the point is that you had a thing that you didn't want to do and you made yourself do it. And what that does is it trains your brain. And now it trains your brain to see that when you have something that's uncomfortable, it's not that bad, right? Because you did the thing and you survived and you came yeah. back. And like, that's how I, I was just talking to someone else about this. Like it's keeping prom it's, it's like keeping promises to yourself and it's becoming the person who does that thing. It's like, it's a, uh, you know, James clear atomic habits talks about how, like, how do I say to my, like, what do I call myself in my internal dialogue? I am yeah. someone who always does my workouts no matter what. And that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you just made that. So, you know, maybe the first day it wouldn't be like that, maybe the second day. But if you keep telling that story over and over, that's how you become who you are today. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, and isn't it interesting how we talk to ourselves versus how we talk to other people, right? I mean, we, we call ourselves all kinds of names, right? We beat ourselves up. We would never say those things to anyone else, <laughs> you know, but we're so hard on ourselves. And I, and I think when you push through friction, you have to push yourself a little bit, you know, you know, you, you don't have to beat yourself, but you do need to push and say, look, this is something that I should be doing. It's going to be good for me. I'm going to get to the other side. I'm going to look back and feel great about myself that I did it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the whole thing. I, I could have easily said, screw it. And I was really close to it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, but, and, and like you said, it's not the, it's not the chin-ups that were the thing. My life will go on without the, those three sets of chin-ups mm -hmm. and it's not going to make or break my progress, but it was good for me up here yep. because now I feel better about everything. I feel stronger about everything. You know, it, it, it's just, it's keeping the promise to myself, which is kind of, I call it a non-negotiable. I have a lot of those for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that is one of them. Like if it's on my workout paper right here, I do it, yes. you know? And, and it was funny because Jordan writes all my programming still. And when I first started working with him way back in the day, um, the very first program I got from him 
um, we were having literally a blizzard here in DC. And so I was going to be working out from home and it, I had assist, I couldn't do chin-ups and I had assist chin-ups and I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to do assisted chin-ups. <laughs> it's a blizzard. It was like 15 degrees. The wind's blowing, howling snow everywhere. I bundled up and I went outside and I did them. Yeah. You know, I was like, that was an incredible mountain to climb. And I look back on that now and I think that was a big turning point for me. Like yeah. at that point, I'm like, non-negotiables. I, I, I look back on that and I think, yeah, you know, that pushed me right where I needed to be pushed. I got through the other side and now other mountains don't seem quite so high to climb anymore. You know, I love that. Um, and I think that brings up a really good point about uh, coaching and about, mm -hmm. you know, programs and things like this. So this is one of those things, like I used to be the guy who I would just go into the gym and wing it, you know, like I would just like do, yeah. you know, you just go to the gym and I would just yeah. do. And then I wrote a program and just the, the writing it down and like exactly that, like if it's on the paper, I will do it. So it's like, uh, I, I know that if I go into the gym and work out, my workout will not be good if I do not have it planned because I'm just mm -hmm. going to, I'm going to half-ass it. Or I'm, but mm -hmm. if it's written down, I'll do it. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing with accountability, having a coach that you are going to have to, uh, you know, report back to. And it seems silly. And this is why I get, I get the people that are, they're like, well, why would I, why do I need someone else checking up on me? Why can't I just do the thing? Why do I need it written down? Why can't I just do the thing? But it's something about who we are as humans. We will always disappoint ourselves before we disappoint someone else, right? Like yeah. I will oh. not do my own work, but I'll do, you know, if my mom asked me to stop at the grocery store for her, I'll make sure that I, that I do that because I would never, I would never do that. So by being able to leverage that, that is that something that you've seen has helped you succeed and help your clients succeed? Yeah, that, that was going through the, the whole blizzard chin up thing. That's what was going through my head. I said, I don't want my coach thinking anything less of me. Um, and, and he was just the opposite. He goes, you did what you went out and did what, you know? Um, so yeah, the, the accountability piece for sure. And, you know, I think one of the biggest issues, and you hit on it, especially for women, and you probably see this as much as I do in my gym. I see women, and I see these two women do this all the time in my gym. They walk in, they're, they're wandering, right, through, through the free weight section, right? They end up over at like the cable pull down. So they're sitting there, they're doing horrible cable pull downs, by the way, but they're doing them, okay? And then they go and they do some bicep curls. And then they wander. And they go back and they do that again. Cable pull downs, bicep curls, then they leave. And I'm like, this is a great, great example of not having a plan mm -hmm. to follow when you walk in the door with any kind of organization whatsoever. You're winging it and you're thinking, this is great. Now, obviously movement of any kind is great and whatever, but, you're, but then you start thinking, why am I not making any progress? I go to the gym five days a week but that's what it looks like every single time you go, right? Yes. The, so yes, having a coach is phenomenal. Having um, a program, even if you get it online, whatever you do, having it written down. I'm a big proponent of paper and pencil, God forbid, but mm -hmm. um, I still believe in it, <laughs> that there's something to be said for that. Having it written down um, before you go. And yes. this is what I'm going to accomplish when I go. It is a difference maker. Yeah, 100%. I, of course, I see those people all the time. Um, and they, they're what I call the, the, the box tickers, right? It's like, my doctor said I have to go to the gym three times a week. So yeah. I go to the gym and I tick that box. About it, but it's like, but what did you do in the gym? Right? So yeah. like people will tell me, they're like, oh, like, 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 ask me, like, how many times a week do I work out? I'm like, don't worry about me. Because what I do when I go to the gym, and what you do when you go to the gym are going to be very different things. You know, like, I know, I know how intense I'm being. It's like, you can't, mm -hmm. that's why it's not a good, uh, I think, gauge of uh, you know, like of activity of like how many days I work out. It's like, what are mm -hmm. you doing in those days? You can have the most mm -hmm. intense hour. I would say like, like sometimes my workouts are three hours. That's the worst workout because that means I'm on my phone. That means I'm talking to people. Like I'm not doing, people think like, whoa, you work out for three hours. That's so intense. Like now nah, I probably did what I should have done in 45 minutes and just like dicked around a lot, you know? You know, it, it's interesting because I get asked, I get asked multiple times a day, how long are my workouts? And I'm like, you know, it's not about time. Mm -hmm. It's really not, it's about the intensity you bring to it because you can half-ass any workout on the planet. You could have the best program and you could go in and half-ass it, you know? Um, and, and, and it was interesting when I first started working with Jordan, my first program, I looked at it and I thought, there's got to be a page missing. Like <laughs> there's, there's not enough stuff on here. Uh, and and, and he, he, he and I laugh about this. I just didn't understand that it's about quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I learned that very quickly that 
um, I could go in there and just blow through things and not think about it and not feel good. You know, I mean, just blah. And um, I wouldn't make any progress. Or I could go in there and focus on my form, focus on tempo, focus on how much weight am I actually moving? Like, can I move all 10 reps pretty easily? It's time to move up in weight. You know, those kinds of things. You bring that to the table and now you can make any workout way more challenging. Yeah, 100%. I always say this. It's, you know, people, the thing is this, people think more is better and it's not. Mm-hmm. Better is better. That's it. They're better really, is better. You know, I love that. It. I it's, say that all the time too. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just quality. Um, so I, I do want to uh, go back because this is a kind of loops back to what you were saying before about about being honest with yourself, right? So like, that's the whole thing. It's like, well, if you're, because someone will come to me like, well, I've been working out for six months and I don't have the results. Like, well, like, let's, are you be honest with yourself? How hard were you working out? Were you, you like you said, were you getting to 10 reps and like you were smoked or would you, like, could you have upped the weight? Um, There's a good quote, you know, you know, uh, John Maxwell is, Mm -hmm. yeah. John Maxwell has a quote. It's like, um, we don't solve, we don't solve problems that we, that we didn't make basically. Like you have to take accountability of the problem Otherwise, you're never going to find the solution. When you're blaming it on, oh, I couldn't because of this or I couldn't because of that, then you're, it's outside of your sphere of influence. It's outside of your, your uh, circle of control or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, while you're doing that, that's like, well, yeah, what can I do? You know, like you said, menopause, eh? you know, oh, work, yeah. kids are yeah. crazy, this or that, you know, like, it's like, okay. And like, I don't want to, I don't like to belittle those things because those are real things. People have life stuff, you know, work gets crazy and your hormones and you couldn't sleep because there was construction next door and this and this. And then I, on the, I look at all that and I go, and now what? Right. That's, that's really the whole thing. It's like, you still how, have a choice. Yes, exactly. And how much, how much do you want it? And that's the thing is I don't think people want, want it badly enough, but it goes back to what you said before about having a better life because if they understood the, the, the benefits of what you're, the, the benefits that they see it, how you see it, it would be worth all of the struggle. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to, to, to get across to people. That's like my goal with all of this. I think too, with women, I think there's a, especially, and I'll even say middle-aged women, but women in general um, often just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't, um, they don't know good technique. They don't know what to do in a free weight section. They're intimidated to go to the free weight section. Maybe their gyms, I don't know, whatever it is, there's, there's a, there, there's a component of, I just don't know what to do. And, that's real, you know, I, and I think, especially someone new to the game in middle age, that's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't go to the free weight section if you're in middle age with no um, prior anything and then just go and just start doing stuff. You know, most people don't do that. Um, and I always tell people this I think the best thing to do if you're like a beginner at this is to hire somebody who can be there in person with you at the beginning to kind of get you familiar with the weight section, get you going on a strength training routine with great technique, get you confident that you can push some more weight here and there, and and then you can go off on your own. Then maybe get an online coach or then maybe a group or whatever it is, but start with somebody right there because it's going to make you feel better more confident and you'll, you'll see progress more quickly that way as well. Um, but I think it's just tough. And, and I know a lot of people say, Oh, you know, so expensive, but you know what? You hire somebody for a few sessions. You don't have to buy in for a year, a few handful of sessions to get acclimated, to get some basics under your belt and then, then go, you know what I mean? I think that's crucial. Um, Exactly. Pure's like speaking out of my brain. I love, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it because again, like I was, I am, I, I've trained at a gym for many years. I'm the head trainer. Um, so I also train trainers. So I have to teach them sales, you know, like that, that's why, you know, yeah. it's my job to get them to sell training. But this is how, this is what I tell them, like explain, like, this is a real thing that people need. If I lo- walk onto the gym floor, there's no one person who I think knows enough that they don't need a trainer. Just because yeah. no one, I mean, no one knows what they're doing. Unless you're a power lifter who's been, then you've already had a coach. Most people, if they've never worked with a professional before, they, they're going based on some YouTube university degree that they think that they have. And they, they, everyone needs this. And it's exactly like you said, just invest a little bit in the beginning. Because I think people have this backwards thing. And I don't, I don't think I know people do because I've heard it so before. They're like, well, I just want to, I want to get into the gym a little bit. And then I'll go and hire a trainer once I'm a little bit more in shape. I'm just like, yeah. like, no, like it that's, work that way. For, yeah, that's the it most didn't work that way for most people. Yeah. 
Exactly. And the mo most people, because I mean, it would be a nice idea if it did work, but what will really happen is you will try by yourself. You'll either hurt yourself or you'll get burned out and then you'll just quit before you, you even remember that a trainer is a thing. So it's, is an investment. I don't, I mean, again, I'm a personal trainer. So people feel like I'm selling when I'm doing this, but I believe in this. I believe that you need someone to teach you. I always say to people, I'm like, listen, you have a job that you're good at. You're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a mom, you're something like training is not your job though. Like, so hire someone who it is and, and, and then learn because this is the best investment that you can ever make. Right. This, I, I always say this is for life. You don't get to stop exercising. Like you said, if you want to live an active life into your eighties, into your nineties, maybe you're not power cleaning at that point, but you're yeah. you should still be exercising. So all the stuff that you, if you take six months in the beginning of your fitness career and invest money and time to learn the ropes that mm -hmm. will pay off dividends mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And let's just put out there that you don't ever have to lift a barbell if yeah, you don't want to. I mean, and, and I think that's one misconception people have about weightlifting mm -hmm. or strength training that, um, that it's barbell stuff. It's CrossFit stuff. You're throwing barbells over your head and doing all that kind of stuff. No, you don't have to do that ever. As a matter of fact, you can gain a crap ton of strength without touching a barbell. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I know a lot of women are worried about getting injured. And I think that is one of these things that come from the misconception of what strength training actually is. Mm -hmm. You know, they hear all these people that get injured um, when they lift. Well, I've been injured and made, I think it's not because I did something inherently dangerous. It's part of the game. Mm -hmm. You move, you have a chance of getting injured, whether you walk, whether you run, whether you ride a bike, there's a chance that you're going to get injured in anything. Yeah. Um, and if you strength train over a period of time, chances are you're going to have a little nick here and there. It's not life changing. It is, it is just part of it. It's nothing to be afraid of, but I think people are afraid of it. I think that's kind of one of those misconceptions again. And um, so people are like, I'm afraid or, and here's the other one. You know, I don't want to, but get too bulky. You know, that whole stupid myth is still out there. And, you know, oh God, I wish it would die. But <laughs> if they only realized how hard it is for yeah. guys to get yeah. bulky and, and they think that women are just going to get bulky like that, I mean, that makes no sense. But anyway, um, I, I think it's just a, there's just a misconception. And I say middle-aged women because I think it tends to be there. If you're new to this game at that age, you just don't know, you know, and, and breaking through that barrier is significant. Yeah. 100%. It's funny. I say, I say to my job as a personal trainer and 90% of it is just uh, telling people they're wrong about, about things, right? Like misconceptions like that. Like, well, I'm going to get too bulky or, well, I'm going to hurt myself or, well, it's like, no, like that's not, that's not really how it works. You know? So it's like, yeah. it is that, and that's why I said in the beginning, fighting the good fight, because there's so much misinformation out there and there's so there much, is. it's, it's, it's this whole, I, I call it like a bastardized telephone game of like, everyone has these things that they know, right. They know about fitness. It's like, you're like, all right. So like, tell me like, well, like I know that I should be running more and I should be eating less carbs. I'm like, you say, no, that's such a strong word. How do you know this? Where do you learn it? What textbook did you read that in? Like, well, like, everyone knows that. Where does everyone know it from? Like there's just these things that are out in the zeitgeist that are just these weird facts that just float around. Like, again, like carbs are bad. And this and that. it's like, oh. like, no, like that's like, who, like, again, it's like, who told you that? Well, I heard it from this guy who heard it from this guy who saw it on an infomercial or something like that. So those are the kind of things, I mean, you just hit on a, a few of them that are you know, like super, <laughs> uh, that, that just will not die. Like women, women getting too bulky. Are there any other ones particularly that, that just stand out to you that you could, that you wish you could just kill? The carbs are bad are, is a big one. Every day I have to talk to people about that because they just go, I think because they're first thing when they think of, when they think of carbs are all the sugary treats and the pizzas and blah, blah. That to them is what carbs are, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that those things have a, are calorie dense. Yes. That doesn't mean that you can't have them. It just means you want to be aware of that, especially if you're trying to lose weight, right? You want to be able to include stuff like that. Um, so carbs are very important. If you want to build muscle, you better have some carbs on board because you're not going to build muscle without them. I can guarantee you that. I went through six months of a muscle building phase and Carbs played a big role. I never counted them. I became aware of them because what they did is they helped improve my sleep, which helped me have more energy for my workouts. Carbs gave me some more energy to bring intensity to my workouts. And if you want to build muscle, you better be bringing the intensity because it's not going to happen without it. You know, so carbs, that whole thing, poor carbs, 
leave them alone. They're, they're, yeah. they're yeah. fine. Right. And the other one I hate is the whole sugar and fruit thing. Oh, yeah. Like, please God eat fruit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, just period eat fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Fruit is, I mean, like literally when I start with a new uh, nutrition client, I'll often just start by like, just eat more fruit. Like I'm not even taking anything out of your diet. I'm like, just like, just eat an apple once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're so good for you. There's so many, like, like God, whoever the creator, whatever you believe in, someone put these amazing things on the planet that are filled with nutrients and they taste amazing and they just fall from the sky basically. And it's just like, you want to demonize them. And it's like, how mm -hmm. shame on you for thinking. Yeah. Something. But again, yeah, like, eat them. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's hard, you know, because I think, I mean, I believed a lot of this stuff too, right? So I, I, I get it. It's just frustrating now being on this side of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people are making things so much more difficult for yes. themselves with these beliefs? Mm -hmm. And again, it's not something getting rid of these beliefs is not a switch that goes from on to off. It takes practice. It need, it requires practice from um, a nutrition standpoint, from having a conversation with yourself. Lord knows I do that all the time. And you know, you can translate this kind of stuff over to the scale. This is a great example too. My generation, we grew up with, if the scale goes up, that's bad. If it goes down, that's good. That's it. No one talked about fluctuations and what's really happening day in and day out. No one ever talked about that. If the number was up and maybe my number was up because I'm retaining water. Well, that's bad. I must have fat. Oh my God. Now I've got to reduce my calories because the scale went up one day. You know, that whole thing is a tough nut to crack. And I, I, I put on my Instagram last week, I went through a period of four days in a row where my weight went up every single day. I hadn't changed anything. I, I've been eating in maintenance for years now and I, um, I hadn't changed anything, but every day it was going up to the, to the point where I had, I was up a good three pounds and I had no idea. I mean, I'm a, I, I look back and I, I can see foods that I were eating that I was eating. It was probably, I was retaining water, whatever it was. But I tell everyone this, I had that familiar kick in the gut too. Mm. I had that, Oh my God, it's going up. I had that for a second, but the difference now from the difference that would have been years ago, I didn't change anything. I kept on what I normally do because imagine if I had quit right before I had that three pound whoosh, you know, which it came, I knew it would, right? But I still didn't like seeing the scale go up. And I think that's really important to hammer home here is that uncomfortable feeling of the scale going up doesn't necessarily go away, yeah. but it's in control now. I don't let my emotions control what I do anymore because I understand it. You know, that's crucial. Yeah. I think that's super important for people to, to listen to. And, and this is anyone, women or, or men, because I know guys go through this just as much as women. And, and no matter mm -hmm. what age is exactly that, that you, someone who is educated in this stuff, someone who does this for a living still with knowing, knowing for a fact that even though you stepped on the scale and that number was up, knowing that it was not fat and that it was just, uh, it was just a, a fluctuation in the scale still had that freak out feeling of, Oh my God, am I doing everything wrong? Should I quit? Should I do this thing? It's like they, the, those little gremlins in the back of your head. That's like, and you, that, and again, you're a professional at all of this and you still understand, like still can't get around uh, that feeling. So you had the, the skills to, to fight it off. But I just like, again, I think it's super important for people to realize that there, there's like, this is a never ending battle you know like we, yeah. we, it's and it's not like it's easy for some people and it's like it's just hard for you it's hard for everyone and again, and let's, and let's be really clear it's okay to feel mm -hmm. i mean we're human beings we are going to have feelings that part's okay you don't have to love it if the scale goes up no one really does probably unless you're trying to gain weight okay great you don't have to love it you can hate it but don't let that dislike hate whatever dictate what you do next. Don't restrict your calories because you think you did something bad. Don't do three hours of extra cardio because you think you need to now work off the fat that you put on in a day. You know, it doesn't work that way. As long as you feel that's cool and put it in a box and then keep going with what your, what your logic tells you. Because isn't it funny how we think fat loss takes forever? Like it takes so long to lose fat. Yet when the scale goes up, overnight, we think we instantly gain fat. Mm -hmm. It's so ironic. We, it doesn't ha you know, you can't have it both ways, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's also, I, I love that the whole time thing is, is always something that gets me. It's like, 
when people like, like I'll tell someone like, all right, like it's probably going to take about six months for you to lose that weight. Like, well, six months, like that's so long. Like mm-hmm. think back to six months ago. Like it was a blink. We were, what, what was even, what, what, when was, what, what month are we in? November? That was July. I can't even remember. Even like, it's, like, it's literally like looking forward, to, looking forward in time feels like so long, but in reality, it's such a blip in the, in the, and the same, in the same way, like you were just saying a day, like you, a, a day fluctuation, the next day you'll have already forgotten about it. A week later, it's like, it's like a decade it's ago. Whatever. So it's like, yeah. we, we beat ourselves up on these things. So I'm, I'm curious, like, do you have, different strategies like that you use with people around like the scale or like, do you have advice that like do like with your clients of, of like how often to weigh themselves or not weigh themselves or things like that? I encourage people to weigh themselves every day. And a lot of people freak out about that at the beginning because it makes them so uncomfortable stepping on the scale. And I was that person until two years ago. I didn't own a scale either. And I decided um, Jordan helped give me a push to step on the scale every day and put it on social media, just not to show that I'm trying to lose fat. Cause I wasn't, I was trying, I was just maintaining, but to get used to stepping on the scale every day, you know? Um, and, and I think that if to anyone out there, that's afraid of the scale that hates it, the only way you're going to conquer that, the only way is if you weigh yourself. And that is, I recommend every single day because you need to learn what the fluctuations are doing. You need to experience them. You need to experience it going up when you don't like it. You need to experience the whoosh where that comes. And you're only going to be able to do that if you do it every day. If you do it once a week, you're going to miss a whole lot of stuff. So if you weigh in on a Monday and you weigh in on the next Monday and you weigh the same, you're going to think, I didn't make any progress this week. But you have missed everything that happened in between. And maybe you just had this water spike that day when maybe you did make a lot of progress, but you'll never know. You're going to assume you didn't. And so that's why I think weighing every day is better than once a week. I think once a week, it becomes weigh-in day, you know, and that is a whole like event instead of it's part of your routine. And then you can treat the numbers that it gives you as data, because mm. that's what it is. Yes. You know, it, it's data. It's not about value. It's not about who you are. It's just data. And if you're, if you're trying to lose weight, the first 30 days is data collection. Mm. Those numbers mean nothing to you. Nothing. Tuesday to Monday, doesn't matter. Wednesday to Monday, doesn't matter. What matters is the first of the month to the first of the next month. That's where you can compare and see how you're doing. But yeah. the first 30 days, just take numbers. That's it. And you do it every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm really passionate about that because I was that person too. God knows, I, you know, I made so many mis- of these mistakes that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm writing a book. It's almost done. And I talk about a lot of these that I did. And this is one of them, not weighing myself, telling everyone I didn't care how much I weighed, which was kind of true. But the real reason I didn't weigh myself is because I was scared of it. I didn't want to step on it. You know, I step on it at the doctor's office and it was this huge, awful thing, but I got over it because I forced myself to do it. Yeah. I love all of that. I love it. Especially that last part about like people, cause I hear that all the time. People are like, yeah, I just don't wear myself. I don't really care. But it's like, I, again, or if you're being honest with yourself, no. is that why, or are you just afraid? No, it it's called bullshit. Thing? You yeah. know, um, yeah. it, it's called bullshit. We bullshit ourselves all the time. I did it. We yeah. all do it, you know, and, and we've got to call ourselves on it. Yes. We have to do that. And the other point I love that you made, because I say this all, all the time as well, is, is exactly that. It's just data, right? And that's mm-hmm. exactly, you said that before, you have to separate the emotion from the logic, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. like, again, if you have an emotional reaction every time you step on the scale and it's up half a pound, um, like that, that's when people get like overwhelmed by it. But the only way you defeat that is by just doing it over and over and over and seeing that, oh, this, this scale went up and my life didn't end. And I, my, my value as a person didn't go down. My husband or my wife didn't divorce me. I didn't lose my job. My kids still love me. And it's like, oh, wow. And then you start, your brain starts to, the, those alarm signals that, cause it's, when it, when it goes up the first time you go, whoa, 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 something's wrong. Bah, bah, bah. Like alarms are going off. And then the more you see that, that it goes up and then the next day it went back down. And then like, it just becomes another thing. I, right. I think that that is like, Super key. I just want to say uh, real quick, you, you mentioned the whoosh, the whoosh a few times. So I just want to say what that is. And that's like people uh, in fitness talk about this is exactly like you said, like sometimes we gain water weight and a lot of times we won't know, like the scale will be up and then all of a sudden it'll just disappear overnight seemingly. And what that is, is we have stored water and over the couple of days and then eventually when that water finally dissipates, the numbers on the scale go down and it's like a big whoosh and we lose two, three, four, five pounds seemingly overnight. Yeah. But the thing is that that weight was never really there. It was just water weight and, you know, it wasn't fat. 
and it's so it's what what becomes kind of interesting if you weigh yourself every day is you start to predict what's mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. and i started to learn some foods that i would eat and how that i could predict yeah i'm my 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 weight's going to be up the next day a little bit because this was really salty and i know i'm going to be retaining water whenever i eat chinese food <laughs> it's a wash right for sure um and then i can tell when the whoosh is coming because I'll be peeing all day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, like I just might as well stay in the bathroom. It doesn't matter. And then sure enough, you know, it, and that becomes a little bit of a game, you know? And some, most of the time I'm right now because I'm getting used to it. But every now and again, like this last one where it kept going up, I was throwing a curveball on that. <laughs> um, but it was fascinating to go through. And I think that's the benefit and the beauty of weighing in every day. Yeah. And yes, it's hard. Yes, no one likes the scale. No one likes to see a number go up, but it's because of how we've been taught to think mm-hmm. about it. And, and that needs work. And the way you do it is put in the uncomfortable work yes. and, and face your fears. You know, there's not a therapist or a psychologist on this planet that would say, oh, you know what? If you're afraid of this, let's not even talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. not even deal with that. Let's leave it alone. Yeah. That's not how you do that, you know? Yeah. You, you expose yourself in little bits yeah. and, and stepping on the scale every single day and starting to take data. That's how you start with the scale. Yeah. And it's also like you just said, we've been, it's only bad because who said that gaining a pound is bad? Like why, why is that even a, what yeah. we've been brainwashed? It's exactly yeah. like, you said. It's like to think that like uh, that, that's super, super thin is good. And like you said, down, scale down, good scale up bad. Like it's just like, yes. I mean, I do believe that there is a point where our weight is indicative of health. If you're overweight, you know, someone who's very overweight and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, okay. But it's, if you're, if I'm 180 and I go up to 182, that doesn't in no way changes my health. Right. But in my brain it's like, Whoa, no, oh my gosh. Like, oh, like again, like, and so it's it, that weighing yourself all the time helps you understand that it's like oh like again 100%. i see that it's just it's just random numbers and they they literally mean nothing and that will help you um get over that thing so i love that i love that so much and i i do think that that's a super great way for people to just learn about their body because that's really yeah we're so disconnected from our bodies and like from understanding like what again like i don't understand there's a connection between i mean i do at a basic level i understand there's a connection between the food that goes into my mouth and they but like you said he's like i know that when i eat certain foods it makes me feel or react a certain way and like that's a that's just good things to know right it's just, i want to mm-hmm. know what the things i put into my mouth are doing to my body so using the scale as a data point i think is a just a great way to do that um, absolutely. We're coming towards the end here. So I always want to ask, uh, I mean, you've given already tons of awesome, awesome advice, but I do want to just ask for one action step that the listeners can take, you know, right at the end of this podcast, as soon as this ends that they can take to start living a healthier, happier life. The one thing I tell everyone to do is to go grab a pad of paper and a pen old school (laughs) and, um, start, especially if you're new to all this, Write down every single thing that you put in your mouth during the course of a day. Have that pad of paper and pen out in the kitchen somewhere. And every time you go and put a handful of almonds in your mouth, write handful of almonds. You don't weigh it. You don't track it. Just write it. At whatever you had in your dinner, write that down. Whatever how You had a latte. Write latte. Start making a list because what that's going to do is going to make you aware of what you actually are putting in your mouth every day because we as humans underestimate that all the time. We think we're only putting in so many things in our mouth in a day and only so many calories when the reality is we are wrong. (laughs) And this brings that to the surface. And what's interesting about this is if you do this for a while, like a week or something like that, after the first couple days, you start making different decisions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you don't want to write it down. You know, all of a sudden your awareness is kicked in. Oh yeah, maybe I'm not going to have that. Um, it starts there, you know, and then maybe start working on protein. Maybe figure out how am I going to get protein in my uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Start working on that. And then after that, if you want to start tracking calories and you can get a food skip, I mean, you don't have to do like everything at once, I guess, is the whole bottom line. But I always like to tell people, start with writing it down and do it with a pencil and pen. I'm adamant about that because we type in our phones mindlessly every day on our computer mindlessly. When we write, we retain. And that's super important with this. We have to retain what we're writing because otherwise we're never going to be aware. We could put it in our phone and forget it. You know, it won't mean anything, right? It's going to get lost in the sea of notes that you have in your phone or something. Um, So pen and paper and start writing. 
I love that. I love that, honestly, because that is literally the first action step I give every client that I work with. Exactly. Yeah. That. Tracking your calories. It's not my fitness pal. It is literally just write down the things that you eat, that you're already eating. Don't even change what mm-hmm. you eat. I'm not even saying right. like, you know, it's just right. Because exactly like you said, just the simple act of writing it down, you're going to go, oh, the third bag of chips for today. Maybe I, maybe I'll skip that because again, it brings, skip that one. <laughs> it, brings, yes, it brings consciousness. It brings awareness. And again, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Cause that's anyone can do that right now. There's no, there's no barrier to entry to that. You don't need to learn technology, pen and paper, just, just do it. And if that's all you ever do, and you never start anything, anything else that will change your life in, in and of itself. So I, I love that. I think that that is awesome, awesome advice. All right. That, that was great. And I really do appreciate that. So I just want to ask one last thing. Is there anything else that you want to say? Um, and then please tell people where they can find you. Cause I'm sure people are going to want to look you up and that you've said so many helpful things already that people are going to want to learn more from you. Um, just that it's just not too late to change. I think that that's a biggie. That's the premise of my book too, is just that it's never too late to change. Um, and you got to start somewhere. So start with what, what you and I were just saying, write stuff down. Um, and as far as where to find me, um, Instagram, Susan Ebergall Fitness. It's Susan Ebergall Fitness pretty much everywhere. I have a pretty extensive YouTube channel. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And I have a podcast too called the Strong and Lean at Any Age podcast. Um, so yeah, find me anywhere. Awesome. Susan, thank you so much. This was awesome. This is going to bring so much value to people, I'm sure. And I can't wait to check out your book. It's going to be amazing. So thank you for thank coming. Thank you. Along. I appreciate that. everyone that. else, have a great day and continue to live the healthiest, healthiest, happiest life that you can. Peace and love. All right, everyone. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that episode. And before you leave, just another quick reminder, click the link in the bio and check out Susan's new book. I think that that is really going to be an awesome. It's really going to help a lot of people. And if you're interested in joining me on my mindset shift flip your motivation switch six week course please shoot me a dm on instagram or click the link in the show notes to subscribe to my newsletter so you can get updates have a great day i'll see you next week